And that concludes the crossover special of the Avengers of Tinted and Johnny Quest. And now, for our feature presentation. Faster than the speed of sound, more powerful than a light speed engine, and able to leave tall planets in a single bound. Call it podcast on Captain Marvel. Brought to you by Quantum Juice. Welcome, Star Force Citizen. Today, we are doing Captain Marvel. Yep. 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 <laughs> you, we, we, <laughs> can you imagine if that was in a movie? Wow, Captain Marvel, you beat the snot of that guy. Yep. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Brie Larson probably said that at one point. Listen, okay, maybe it would fit her personality for her character, but that's not something she would say in the movie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Well, yeah, today we're doing uh, Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Everything Before the Storm with uh, Endgame. Yeah, it's the the last full episode that we did about Marvel was about Ant-Man. Yep, yep, that was kind of a while ago, too. Yeah. Um, unfortunately... <sighs> what? Well, okay, before we say anything... Yeah? Obviously, spoilers. If you haven't seen the movie... Stop listening to this episode. <laughs> you know when this episode's coming out. It's coming out after the movie's coming out, so obviously we've seen it, okay? So, stop. Take yourself, your stupid ass, over to the movie theater and watch it if you haven't seen it yet. And if you then have come seen back it, and listen to this yeah, episode. Then come back and listen to this episode. Please. <laughs> those, of you, those of you who did see it, good for you. You did good. You were part of one of the biggest openings for Marvel standalone yeah. films, so good for you. Yeah, so that in a way, spoilers abound. Now, my theory was completely wrong, and oh. it sucked. So you're referring to your theory from our Ant-Man episode, which was I... like our third episode. And you know what? I didn't even expect the you know the mid-bit credits, I guess, the end-bit credits, with oh, Captain Marvel will... popping out of nowhere. Yeah, that wasn't even that like nowhere near the credits. It was like immediately after the movie. Yeah, they weren't fucking around. Like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck you. Captain Marvel's in Endgame now. <laughs> yeah. And like that, a thousand theories die a horrible death, <laughs> including so, mine. Bum, so, bum, bum, bum. Wow. so refresh my memory, refresh. I our, love refreshing your memory. <laughs> refresh our li- listeners' <laughs> memories. What, what was it that you said in our Ant Man episode? I had originally thought. <clears throat> well, I already knew I was wrong from the last uh, TV spot because it shows uh, Scott Lang's what's his name, Ant Man. He shows up at the Avengers complex. He's like. Captain, Captain America, you remember me? I fought by your side. Da, 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 da. So I was like, shit, I'm already wrong. <laughs> and then Captain Marvel, they show at the end of uh, end credits, they show Captain Marvel's beeper in the hands of, you know, the end game crew. And they're like, yeah, it just turned off. We, we've been trying to call, but it's been doing nothing. And like, nothing's happening, blah, blah, blah. And then right behind them, where's Fury? <laughs> Which is a really good line, by the way. I actually don't. Let's talk about the film before we get too too hard into speculation theories and why mine is dead and gone in a grave with thousands and thousands of theories. Um, <laughs> how'd you feel about the film? Uh, I personally loved it. I thought it was great. Um, was it the best out of the entire MCU? Uh, probably not. Probably not. I know Black but... Panther is, holds a special part in your heart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I told Tika, I was like, I'm hoping it does really well, but not better than Black Panther. <laughs> as as far as, like, the opening weekend, like, the oh, amount uh... of money it made. I was hoping it wouldn't do better than Black Panther because Black Panther was just so groundbreaking for, yeah. a, you know, a superhero film. 
And so I was like, please, like, let it let it keep its history, its record. And so it's going to be broken. It, it is. I think it's eventually going to be broken, but it still holds a spot for like the best opening St- day. Standalone origin movie. Yeah, standalone yeah. origin. Yeah, it did fantastic. Despite the, the Alita challenge. I don't know if you heard about that. No, what's that? The Alita challenge was let's go watch Alita instead of uh, Captain Marvel. So Captain oh. Marvel game. Yeah, because Alita. I don't know why they chose that film because, okay, context. <laughs> I love Alita, Alita, like Battle Angel, whatever. If you follow us it on Twitter, you'll know. It is a trash movie, and I yeah. fucking love it, okay? <laughs> it's a trash movie, though. You have a Disney character. You have a girl who has the most character development, only because everybody else has zero character development, which is not a good record to hold. But I love the CGI. I love how it looked. It looked amazing. But you can tell they were faithful to a fault to a 90s anime or a manga uh, series, so... That being said, the whole Alita challenge was to go watch that movie instead of uh, Captain Marvel. And, and mostly because uh, Lee Breeson, 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 Brie Larson, Brie Larson. Why did I say Brie Larson? Lee Barson. <laughs> Lisa Barson. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, and she had, she's an outspoken feminist. So, of course, they're reviewing bombing the crap out of the movie. And they were trying to boycott it, which was zero effective to like the all the way, all the way on the yeah. side of the spectrum. So... The movie did it really good, and this is the reason why I wanted to make this movie. Okay, say what you want about, like, the political sphere. We don't go too heavy on politics here, but most people can guess where we are at. But regardless, this movie needed to be good. And mm-hmm. I'm glad it is. I'm glad it's making a shitload of money, pardon my French, only because this would allow other female superhero movies to be have a more prominent role in the MCU. This shows the MCU, uh, people especially at Disney, that not only is it profitable... We cannot go by the mistakes of other series <laughs> um, <laughs> as as like a reason why not to give female superheroes their own movies. Exactly. And to that point, I do want to say real quick, the, the two things that I loved about Captain Marvel as a whole, mm-hmm. in terms of it being a female superhero movie, one... You could switch Captain Marvel with a man and the plot still stays. There's there's a few lines that could be changed in some impl- implications, especially in the flashback, but I absolutely agree. Yeah, but it, it's For still... the most part, it's not centered around her identity as a, a, as a, as woman. a woman. Yeah. But it's more that, like, she like she even says, like, the, what was it, villain was, like, halfway through, he was like, uh, no, the, what's his name, the Star Force captain, Yon, Yon, Yon Rog. Yon Rog. We <laughs> uh, have trouble remembering his he, name. He's like, like, that's humanity, that's the part that's weak about you. And immediately then it goes to that flashback that every time she gets in a horrible accident, what does she do? She gets back up. So exactly. it has nothing to do with being a woman, it's specifically because she is, what's the word I'm thinking of, scar, grizzled veteran sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and the second thing that I really liked is that uh, in this day and age, like you can you can see the the feminist message. Uh, you can see that it's trying to tell little girls that they can do whatever they want and just keep getting up, keep trying. Mm-hmm. But I honestly think that that's this movie could still stand on its own, like maybe a decade, two decades, three decades later. Let's say we have you know full equal rights. Let's say we don't have any more mansplaining, you know, whatever you think. Et cetera, et cetera. Let, let's just say, you know, men and women are completely equal at this point, like a, a decade later. That movie still holds up. Yeah. 
It won't age that much either. Yeah, it'll age very well. The message is still there for its time, but the message is it won't get outdated in a decade from now. I mean, a large part of the movie dates itself, like on purpose. Yeah, on because purpose. It, it's a story that tell in the '90s. Which, by the way, speaking of the '90s part, there is a lot of references. Specifically, like I guess they were just choosing corporations that don't exist because they can't be sued. Blockbuster, Radio Shack, stuff like that. Because you can't like, who's gonna sue them? Blockbuster doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. What the one one Blockbuster store in Oregon's gonna come after them now? <laughs> They're probably happy they got this mention. Uh, one other thing I want to mention is the de aging tech for that movie is oh. phenomenal. Like I thought I was looking at like a higher def younger Samuel Jackson. Like, it yeah, like good. Pulp Fiction, Sam Jackson. It looked really good. It was believable, 100% believable. I think the only scene that kind of like hinted at it that it was that tech was when he, whenever he ran anywhere. Yeah, because they had to keep up. <laughs> Speaking of running, uh, one of the funniest comments that I saw was about uh, Brie Larson's running. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, bless her soul. But, like, a lot of people were like, she is not a great runner. No, <laughs> like she's, she's not. She's not the most graceful runner. However, like... That kind of lends into her character. Yeah. I she's li- brash. I like abrasive. that about her. But also, like, we've heard from a lot of the other actors, if you, um, you know, read up on the behind-the-scenes type of stuff. Mm-hmm. They say that those suits are, like, really bulky and really hard to move around in. I believe it. Yeah. I so that's, believe it. <laughs> that's probably why she was... They try to put the impression, wasn't... like, that they're slim suit and everything, but yeah. honestly, in reality, those actors are probably having a hard time running around. Yeah, so, like, I don't blame her for not looking quite so graceful in that damn thing. It looked bulky. Can we mention my favorite scene in the movie? Sure. Real quick. The scene where she starts finding the scrolls for the first time, and she screams at one when one screams oh. at her. <laughs> I, I like that. That scene really sold the rest of the movie for me. Like, yeah. honestly, that's the type of person. Like, this isn't a person that's supposed to have the same origin story as the rest of them. Like, mm-hmm. everyone's supposed to have very distinct origin stories. I really feel like Doctor Strange is one of the best contenders for that up, up until Captain Marvel. Because mm-hmm. Doctor Strange had his own thing. Like, the whole, like, the magic arts and stuff like that. Yeah. But you you had a character who showed insecurity, but not in the very typical, like, like, but I'm scared. But more like, she doesn't know her place in the universe. And part of it, too, was just like, her powers were, on purpose, tempered. And they were just, like, constantly saying, like, don't let your emotions get the better of you. Don't let the emotions, like... And all that, like, putting down showed a character, like, who was constantly, like, wants to become more. Flying higher, further, faster, such, 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 um, Yeah. But couldn't. Because of the authority and... Authority, by the way, that lied to her. And when she finally gets her powers, her full strength powers, the best part about the scenes is the fact that she is discovering, just as much as they're discovering, the limits of her power. Yeah. Because you can see her, like, shoot, and she slams into a pinball machine, and she starts laughing. Yeah. By the end of it, she's, like, body slamming <laughs> alien ships. And that's kind of the best part about her. And honestly, I think that's also one of the reasons people like Spider-Man a lot, too, because mm-hmm. he does the same thing. He has a lot of fun. Doing what he does, swinging around, yeah, you don't fighting bad guys. Often. Yeah, I think that's why Spider Man is honestly one of the like the top superheroes for a lot of people. Like mm-hmm. he's the fan favorite. He's also relatable, like super. Yeah, relatable. super relatable, but also like he clearly has fun. He's not so serious all the time. Yeah, and so I think Captain Marvel is probably going to be the same way, where she's just like she's not serious. She's... Half the time, she like she lets the like her emotions are part of her, who she mm-hmm. is, which is which is good to have because like a lot of these superhero movies tend to do the same thing, especially like DC Universe. No offense, 
um, where like temper your emotions, be stronger than the resolve, don't let it get control of you. It was like, no, that's not really humanity. Yeah. Like some people just want to be into the moment, and yeah, there's there's always been mistakes if you're reckless and stuff like that. Of course, those lessons are still true, but like don't temper yourself so much that you become someone who you're not. And I yeah. think that's the main messaging of this movie, and that is exemplified by my second favorite scene, which is the last scene, um, close to the last scene, I guess, where the, the her captain's like, "You did, yes, let's let's fight with that lighting show. Control your emotions. This is the best version you should." Oh we, yeah, she fucking just shoots him in the chest. <laughs> no, like that's that's what we're looking for. That right there is what made the movie for me. Yeah. Um, of course, there are some criticisms. Like there's this movie is not without fault for sure. Like, uh, I guess you could say that sometimes, um, I mean, a lot of the criticism on, online I see is it's like, she's not a good actor, or I, I think there's more of misunderstanding than anything else. I I highly disagree with that, because she, both she and um, Sam Jackson, really played the whole, like, buddy cop yeah, thing it did feel like very that. well. They're, like, really, like, they were, they vi- they were vibing with each other. chemistry, you know? Yeah, they were great, and... But even her alone, like, she still maintains that same personality with, um, gosh, what what was her friend's name? Was it Martha or Monica? Oof, don't, don't. <laughs> I'm really bad with keeping, like, this many characters' names now. <laughs> we gotta start writing these down. I know, right? <laughs> but, um, her best friend, basically. Her best friend, yeah. Like, she maintained the same humor with her, with her daughter, with Jan Rog. Like, she was really good at keeping that personality the same with all of her friends across the board Mm -hmm. was she like like some of the criticisms i saw was that she like kind of like her personality was like flat when she was trying to be sarcastic her dry humor worked i think that's the the thing it's dry humor it's supposed to be a little flat yeah i don't don't want another robert downey jr also featuring our cat speaking of cats (laughs) the alien cat this movie was (laughs) so funny Talking about delivery of good jokes, the cat stuff was so funny. Um, <laughs> God, what was the name of it? Uh, Goose, Goose, based off the Top Gun name. So oh, it, yeah. Wait, was, what do you mean the Top Gun name? So Top one of the characters in Top Gun was named Goose. And, oh, And that's okay. the, what the cat's name after, because she's an Air Force pilot. Yeah. But regardless, talk about delivery of jokes. The movie did really well. I'm surprised. I'm actually really happy they didn't go with the Robert Downey Jr. style of jokes, because that's his thing. That's an yeah. Iron Man thing. We have, like, Captain America, who's always, like, the goody-goody two-shoes. We have Spider-Man with the wine-liners. We have uh, Hulk, who has kind of a somewhat same style of humor. Dry. Yeah. like, okay, Tony, whatever. Sort of. Yeah. And then you got Thor, who's kind of like, yeah, here's a god who, like, knows he's a god and kind of hates the fact about it sometimes. But I, I also feel like his humor sometimes is kind of like, how can I explain it? It's the type of humor that I sometimes use where, like, it's, like, the playing dumb kind of humor a little bit. Thor? Yeah. Thor also has a joke where he thinks he knows technology. Which yeah. Is, which is great. He's like, yeah, just send me an email. It's like, what are you going to do with a laptop? He's like, what's a laptop? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's my kind of humor. That's the yeah. humor that I use day to day. So I like Thor's humor because of that. Yeah, Brie Larson, <laughs> fittingly, has a dry, uh, sarcastic kind of tone to her, which makes sense for her character. And... I think because people, when I say criticism of the movie, it's not my criticism, by the way. I do have criticism of the movie, but it's not that. I think that's because that sort of character is mm-hmm. like who they're trying to put out. Like a dry, sarcastic, uh, wants to be like the full, like her full personality, but isn't allowed to sort of thing. Yeah. And it really works. I actually do think it really works. It's, it's a new thing. And I, like something we never see with superhero woman, like superheroine movies, 
in general. Wonder Woman was, as much as I love that movie, was a Mary Sue. For yeah. a lot of things, was a Mary Sue. You could almost make the same argument for Captain Marvel. But the difference between Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman is that Wonder Woman was kind of more like a re- rebel, like kind of rebellion. She goes like, oh, I'm going to go to World War II and stop all these things. Da, 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 you know? Yeah. Where Captain Marvel was like, I, I wouldn't, it, it was a little bit formulaic, but at the end of the day, she really showed like some of the insecurities that you don't really see too often. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, like, I hate love interests. Whenever it comes to superhuman, and yeah. it had zero version of that, which is amazing. I I gotta say, I'm really happy about that because uh, when I flip through some like you know Twitter comment sections and forums or whatever, um, they're you know understandably the LGBTQ community wants Captain Marvel to end up with her Air Force best no, friend. It's such an easy trope, though. As much as I saw, I I did see a connection between them that could have flourished into that. I'm so happy that it didn't happen. Well, they're they're following the Top Gun model. Yeah, Top Gun is like the a bit people make. Fun, oh, featuring a cat again. Sorry, our cat. He, he's sleeping right now and meowing. <laughs> so, all those who are love our cats, that's him right here. But um, <laughs> no, they were. I kind of thought they were following the Top Gun model, where people constantly criticize Top Gun. Like, oh yeah, it's it's a little gay sort of thing because like it's a bunch <laughs> really? of men playing volleyball. Oh my god, have you seen the movie? No, I'm I haven't. I'm but sorry. But this showed something <laughs> that like almost like women never get to do in a movie. Mm-hmm. They were showing like best friends, platonic best friends who are badass, which yeah. is very very rare. You yeah. almost never see that because they end up being like, oh, it's their lover, or like it's a rom com essentially. Mm-hmm. And this is not. This is a superhero movie with like women having best friends. Yeah. And I gotta say, that's what I really appreciate about it because all the other females in the Avengers, they have a love interest, don't they? Yeah. Every Rom- single Romanoff, one. Romanoff, uh, what's it called? Black Widow has a love interest. I guess the younger sister of Black Panther kind of doesn't, but she's not part of the movie either. Like, that's she's not true. the main character. Yeah. But most other females, yeah. Scarlet Witch, she loves Vision and Vision. Vice versa. Yeah. So, yeah, every one of them has a love interest except Captain Marvel. Good. Like, yeah. it's about damn time. Like, we need to see a woman superhero that doesn't have a love interest. And as much as I would have loved it if she had a woman love, in- love interest, um, I think it's so much better that she doesn't have one at all. Yeah. I don't think she needs it. The movie works. Mm-hmm. The movie works. And it's, it's a funny movie. Like, I would classify this more in a more, like, because... Infinity War was a very serious movie. Yeah, there were mm-hmm. joking quips, but it's a very sad movie because you know what's going to happen by the end. Yeah. People are going to get fucked up. People are going to die, etc., etc., etc. And, like, Marvel movie tends to jump, you know, back and forth, whether it's serious and funny. So it's good to have, like, a kind of a mix of both, honestly. Like, this was funny, but it wasn't like Ant-Man and the Wasp funny, you know? Yeah. Where it wasn't, the like, humor, the f- mainstay of it. The humor does tend to range... From Marvel movies, I think they always incorporate humor, but the humor is always somewhat different. With yeah, each one. And this one I think it did a lot of like uh, special reference to Mallrats <laughs> with uh, Stanley. Uh, oh Ridian. my god, that, that made broke that made Kevin that made Kevin Smith cry. Oh, that warmed my little heart. Yeah, but, um, so Stan Lee's like reading his lines from Mallrats, mm-hmm. that 90s movie, made him cry. Yeah. So, oh my god, I wanted to mention that because I actually think a lot of the humor from Mallrats really shows in Captain Marvel. The dry humor wit. Um, um have you seen Mallrats, Tico? Yes, I have you seen have? Mallrats. I have seen Mallrats, Clerks, Clerks 2, etc. Oh 
Well, I think I was the one that showed you mall rats. You actually. did show me mall yes. rats. It's a very intelligent humor, though. I don't know if Cap- I think it harkens to it. It doesn't really yes, follow it, yes. but it harkens like like that's what I'm saying. Like that's that style of humor, you mm-hmm. can see a lot more with Captain Marvel. It didn't completely go full blown with that, but it did like kind of lean towards it, as opposed to the Robert Downey Jr. humor or the Guardians of the Galaxy, which is kind of like goofy half the time. Yeah, that's true. I can see a little bit of that because you have a lot of dry, sarcastic humor in Mallrats and Clerks and Clerks too. Like a lot of dry, like but that but for those movies. That dialogue is forefront. Mm-hmm. And this but, one, it's used as a tool. Not to mention, though, I think some humor did take from that. Mm-hmm. There is also, like, some Pulp Fiction type humor in there, yeah. too. <laughs> I would even argue, uh, what's his name? The guy who directed uh, one of the Marvel movies? The guy who did uh, The Shadows Among Us? Tahiti? Oh. Tahiti? The, the New Zealand guy. Oh. No, you don't know? You're asking the well, wrong person. I, he's the one who plays uh, Korg from Thor Ragnarok, the rock guy. Hey man, we're gonna start a revolution. Oh yeah, that guy. He's, <laughs> yeah, he, he, the voice of that guy. He did. A, he's a director, so it's kind of like his style of humor. Yeah, almost. Okay, but it's a little more dry and sarcastic. Yeah, and I, I think that works. Like the fact that like you have Fury, like, hey, how do I know you're not one? And she like shoots it behind it, and then the first thing Samuel <laughs> Jackson like that proves nothing. <laughs> like stuff like that is refreshing. It's actually, I know people want to see as like the mysterious how to get his eye taken off. But I kind of like Fury in a more younger and more brash, more funny kind of way. You know, he has a very Pulp Fiction-like feel to him. So I'm glad you brought that up because I actually want to know what what were the parts of the movie that you didn't like? I would say the weakest part, as usual, the Marvel movies of this like caliber is the beginning. Yeah, a lot of Some people of I saw agreed with that. It started a little bit slow, but I think like this is the same way I feel about Doctor Strange, though. The slow parts in the beginning of the movie are, are had to be done to make a good foundation for the rest of the movie. Yep. And you had to do a lot of, like, you had to make a lot of sacrifices when you're a director, I imagine. And, and by the way, I'm no director, but I imagine <laughs> um, that these, like, important but early scenes, as slow as they are, are foundational for the rest of the movie because without them, you wouldn't really get a lot of the motivation for those characters. So a lot of her amnesia and stuff like that weren't wasn't really that interesting. But I get why it had to be in there. Yeah. Because without them, there is no conflict. Exactly. Same with Doctor Strange. If you got all his powers to begin with, okay, fine. Doctor Strange is now Doctor Awesome. You know? <laughs> yeah. But no, the usually the beginning parts of these movies are usually the slowest. I think the only ex- exception to this, of course, will be Iron Man, which starts out with him blowing up in a convoy. <laughs> you remember <laughs> That's that scene? True. Yeah. But I think he's the only one I really thought that, like, uh, was able to get past that and only because it kicked off the whole MCU in the first place, too. That's true. Yeah. I gotta say, the part that I was a little disappointed by was, honestly, it was how Nick Fury lost his eye. Yeah, a lot of people have been saying that. I, honestly, I'm a little lukewarm about it. I like it in the sense that it... <laughs> It's kind of funny when you think about it because he's always like kind of avoided talking about it and he always kind of implies that like he lost it in some sort of heroic fashion or that's what everyone has come to believe. But then you find out he lost it in one of like the silliest ways like by a damn cat. Alien cat. Alien cat. Alien cat. That's true. But, like, there is a certain humor to it that I can appreciate but at the same time it was just like Really? Like, it was just, it was thrown away. Like, it was an opportunity to give Fury 
much more of a backstory. And th- that's the, the purpose of Captain Marvel was to show a different side of Fury that we've never seen before. And it does accomplish that. But I feel like that the his eye could have really been another opportunity to flesh out his character more. And they kind of threw that away. The counter argument for that from what I've seen online as well. And I kind of agree with so we can be on two sides of this argument. <laughs> yeah. Is that, you know, Fury would be the one who would put mysticism in his eyes to increase his like you know, intimidation. Yeah. <laughs> That's something like Fury 100% would do. Because what he's going to do? Yeah, an alien cat scratched me. No, he's like, <laughs> last person, no, last, the specific thing he says, the last time I trust someone, I, I lost my eye. And that yeah. would be exactly Fury using something that's stupid. But to, true. But true. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and another thing I want to mention too about Fury, I, I kind of like this. Like this is like a brash, like I said, young, brash, Samuel Jackson, like, he gets... It is kind of a comp-out in certain ways. Like, I'll give you that. It's a little bit of a comp-out with certain plot lines and, you know, Easter eggs, such as the Avenger Initiative and the cat scratching his eye. I can appreciate it and put that in. So it's not just like, how do you get that idea? Oh, I thought of it one day. No, I saw it in Captain Marvel's plane. Um, the last thing I want to mention, too, is a lot of people were questioning why didn't he use the pager on the other, like, three crises that we had on the planet. Mm-hmm. There is a comic explaining that. I have not read the comic, but there is supposedly a comic explaining why they haven't used it. Most of it, I think, from what I read, and I could be wrong about this, viewers, please tell me if I'm wrong, the 15 of you. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why he didn't use it was mostly because that he over, that's what the initiative was for, the Avengers initiative. They needed to test himself because he can't press the button of the galactic space Superman every time they have a crisis. Yeah, but it is funny you mention that because I, I saw the same thing. I saw a theory on Reddit, and I'm sorry, I didn't expect we would actually talk about this, so I didn't save the theory, but they mentioned the same thing. Like, what if he had actually called Captain Marvel those previous times, but she just never picked up? Because uh, she did mention that they like it has a range of a couple of galaxies, but it it's, is possible that she could have been out of range. That's true. That's true. I, I, but it's a pager, though. It, once it gets the alert, it's always going to get the alert. So if she came back in range, she should have seen it. But I, I would probably say, like, like I said, there's comics explaining it. So that there's a reason why Nick Fury never used the pager in the first place. Okay. He used it as a last resort emergency. And pe- seeing people disappeared, half the people <laughs> disappear yeah. in real time, would probably prompt him to, like, oh, shit, I could disappear. I need to go back. Like, he runs back to the, the yeah. SUV. So he knew that, like, he probably felt it like Spider-Man did. He's like, no, I have to get this message out. One thing I wanted to mention, last thing I want to mention was uh, Nick Fury. Um, crap. What was the thing I was going to mention? I don't know. No, I don't remember. His eye. <laughs> no, uh... it wasn't his eye. There was something else I wanted to put in uh, as well, like a, a really nice touch about the movie. I mean, Coulson was a nice touch too. The fact they put that. Uh, those who are fans of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. would appreciate that because later on, People piece together correctly, I think, that the body of one of the super, oh, the scrolls, mm-hmm. um, remember the one that gets killed by the Star Force guy, Yonrog, yeah, at the swamp area, yeah. He she he pretends the the scroll pretends to be uh, Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. It's very likely that Shield took that blood and used that same blood to revive Coulson after his death in Avengers One, which no one would know unless you watch Shield of Agent. It's one of the season finales. They brought him back to life. Okay. And it I, wiped his mind, too. Just I, like Captain Marvel. 
I have seen neither of those things, so I honestly would not <laughs> would not like, have known. This isn't relevant to yeah. me. <laughs> I, I thought it was a nice touch because obviously, like, they had to explain how the hell they got Cree blood, and they probably explained it that way when the bodies were left on Earth. Yeah. So you know, it was uh, another interesting thing that we that Tico and I found out. Uh, so one of the dudes from what is it called, the Star Force? Mm. Uh, was actually in Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah, the first Korth, one. Korth, I think his name was. Yeah. His name? Korth, he was in the You can intro. tell with his super weird eyes. Super weird eyes, thick accent, mm-hmm. bald head. It's nice to see him again. Yeah, I had, I didn't even like. That's some it, connections. I didn't recognize him when I first saw him in Captain Marvel. I thought he was some new dude, but no. apparently we saw him before. At least one of them we saw before. Actually, now I remember what I wanted to talk about before. I love the fact the scrolls are not the bad guys. Yeah. Scrolls, if anyone knows about the comics, are usually the bad guy, especially Super Scrolls. And they really twisted the head on this. They made him look evil in the beginning, like kind of like they change forms and take people's identity. But by the end of it, it was like a 180. It was like, whoa, I don't want to fight you. Yeah. And he came up and parlayed successfully. See, that's cool. And that's coming from someone who has more background onto the, the, the comics. I don't. I had no background information on Captain Marvel, to be quite honest. I, n- I didn't really read the comics or anything like that. So I just went in completely blind. I also thought the scrolls were going to be the bad guy through mm-hmm. and through. So it was a really, really nice surprise. It's a twist. It was a it good was, twist, It too. was a good twist. And this is a movie that I recommend that people should not be spoiled on. <laughs> yeah, and, and the fact that Captain they Marvel, that. Uh, Carol Denvers, didn't trust the scrolls at first. Mm-hmm. was the same reaction I did. I was like, why are you trusting them? Girl, what are you doing? <laughs> and then they show him the flashback, and I was like, well, well damn. Because <laughs> I knew the Kree was going to be evil in some capacity, but I thought it was more like a betrayal like at the end where like, he chooses the Tesseract over her life or something like crap like that. Mm-hmm. No, they straight up lied to her in every point, like every single point. And not just that, the schools were living on a hidden satellite orbiting the Earth. Yeah. You know, and the way, oh, by the way, I love that joke. It's like, it's physics. You should know this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, the, the, he's were, supposed to be my science guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just the guy's like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I really appreciate that. That was actually a good twist. Um, yeah, I liked it. Maybe those who were a little more sharp, I might have saw it coming, but I certainly didn't. I'm usually pretty good at predicting, you know, predictable plots. <laughs> No, um, well, you your streak hasn't been so good when it comes to Marvel so far. I know. <laughs> I know. I should give up. While I'm good about everything else, I'm pretty sure Marvel has not been kind to me. But that's really good of them, though. Yeah. Uh, like, the fact... I, I love the fact... Uh, actually, this is a good segue into, like, talking about the last point. The Endgame trailers. Okay. Uh, there are a lot of people online. I'll put the sources at the TV... Of the TV spot that they were referencing, referring to. As well as the various comments that people made. But it's obvious now with the end credits show, like Captain Marvel, boom, she's right there. It's obvious that she's been edited out a lot of trailers. Oh, People, yeah. I think, are correctly predicting that the spots where there should be a person is a spot where Captain Marvel should be. Yeah. So that explains a lot more. Now, the question of a timeline is different, but people are actually saying that uh, Scott Lang's character, Ant-Man, um, he's going to be the last one to show up to the team. Because mm-hmm. in every other shot, they show everybody else like already there, and then Captain Marvel is showed there, and then the spots are edited out. Ant Man is still not there, so I think he's the last one to join in in the little group of superheroes. We've already seen promo art of the Endgame 
uh, characters. So we know all the characters, including Captain Marvel and Ant-Man, are going to be there that survived the last one. Now, speaking of Ant-Man, do you still agree that Captain Marvel is going to be the one to save Ant-Man? <sighs> I the want to, quantum portal? I want to say it so... But turn the lights off. My theory is dead. <laughs> I will not go. <laughs> no, my my theory is good and dead. Um, the only thing left I had to say about that is probably Captain Marvel has the ability to absorb energy and redirect it. But I'll get that into the speculation part. Okay. That's when I mentioned the yes. My theory is dead, buried. What was your theory? Well, if remember, we actually didn't come up with any theories, like any official theories. Okay. That episode, because we were waiting for more trailers. And the uh, movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we knew Captain Marvel was coming up. So we wanted to wait for that. We wanted to wait for more trailers until we came up for uh, with some final theories for mm-hmm. Endgame. So, no, I, I don't remember making any official theories. I probably threw some theories, like some casual theories, but I don't remember them. I think... I'm trying to remember. I knew for sure. I... I definitely disputed you and you said that marvel was gonna save him and i was like Mm-mm, that ain't gonna happen I, listen all right oh, we, we get it we get it my, no, my theory is dead no what i said instead now that i remember i said the ghost was going to be the one to get him out yeah. and i think that's still possible maybe i think maybe. it's still possible because we don't know if she poofed we have no clue okay that's fair that's fair all right i think we're slowly segueing into the speculation part so i think we should put a little bit of mid bits here and listen to our sponsors and then we'll be right back yep we'll be right back all right see you after these messages This week's music is Avalanche by Miso29. You can find their music and others at ocremix.org. If you want to check out more things from Captain Marvel, you can head over to their Twitter, at Captain Marvel. If you want to look at our stuff, or we post stupid crap all day and make you laugh, go to at Call It Podcast. We'll see you there. Hey there! I wanted to let you all know about this great book called Beyond the Abyss, written by Melissa Ojeda, who's my amazing friend, Tico's sister, and an awesome author. So it's a young adult fantasy adventure novel with some sci-fi elements, and it follows protagonist Bree's adventure across bustling cities and barren wasteland as she discovers what it means to be a soul carrier. The book is available now on Amazon.com and Kindle Unlimited. And on March 28th and the 29th, Beyond the Abyss is free to download. So definitely check it out. If you're a fantasy nerd like us, we really think you'll like it. Thanks, and enjoy the rest of the episode. And we are back. Did you enjoy the ads? I did. They're very informative and totally not done by us with various techniques and editing and stuff. Right. Speculation <laughs> time. <laughs> All right. I think I want to start out, not with my theory, with someone else's theory. Okay. 
the Nebula Connection. So in the movie, uh, this is by user, uh, I can't pronounce this, Kvasir's Blod. <laughs> I'll, I'll put a link into, into the description, but... This is on Reddit, by the way. Yes, of course on Reddit. Okay. I mean... I will put a link, don't worry. <laughs> they shall not be lost. Okay, <laughs> the Nebula Connection. So there's a scene at the end of the movie where uh, Ronan the Accuser looks over at Cam- the, uh, Captain Marvel, Cara Danvers, and it's like, we're not going to return back to the Earth, essentially. We're going to return for that woman. Now, there is kind of a weird scene where he shows he's, like, looking as looking for his family on the satellite, I guess. The scroll. Uh, Talos. I think his name was Talos. They showed his wife, and then they showed his kid. But it was kind of weird, because it sh- the kid had, like, a little weird close-up. Mm-hmm. And it specifically mentioned the eyes part later. And, like, it almost felt like more significance than it should have been. Because normally, most movies were, like, wife and daughter comes out, and they're laughing, they're crying, they're hugging, that sort of thing. But... They made a special point to have the daughter come out from the shadows first. There well, is a theory. Well, I thought the reason they pulled her out from the shadows was because he had no idea he had a daughter. That would be sort of... They, they wouldn't mention it, I think. They wouldn't just no, imply that. because he looked pretty surprised when he saw her. That was my first impression, was that he saw his wife, happy, whatever. But then, like, she's like, oh... You have a daughter, and he's like, "What?" Yeah, but yeah. Then, <laughs> they would they would say that, or he would say, "My daughter," or something like that. But he doesn't. Like he recognizes mm. her. I guess, yeah. That that the theory goes is that that's Nebula, mm. and that and it's kind of a stretch. Okay, this theory is kind of stretch, but I love it because the way it's done. And, and this, I mentioned the theory, the person's name, right? Uh, Kavazar's blood explains further that, like, you know. While they're running away to search for a new poem with Captain Devers and Toe, maybe at some point she shapes ships shape shift into Carol Danvers <laughs> to protect her family, or she's the surviving member of her entire family or that little group of refugees. You know, she gets taken, she's kidnapped, she's taken to Thanos, and finding that Thanos doesn't see the powers that Ronan kind of like, oh look at this woman I found tortures her and trains her and like change everything about her cybernetically except her eyes which is another line they say in the movie which is kind of weird it is said that specifically yeah uh, when is martha martha's daughter's like don't you, don't ever change your eyes yeah. they're so pretty yeah my god what if that's true because then they would meet nebula and captain marvel would meet at the avengers headquarters it it's not a bad theory. The ages um, lined up. I don't know about the whole shape-shifting part you mentioned, because even uh, her dad said that, like, it takes a lot of practice. True. It's not just something you learn. And Maybe I, that's how Thanos finds out. He's like, this isn't Captain Marvel. And Ron's like, no, it is. Clearly it is. Like, no. And then points out something that's wrong about it. Mm, that, that's a very Thanos moment. That's, shutting down running like that <laughs> that part's a little bit more of a stretch but i feel like if nebula knew how to shapeshift this whole time i think we would have seen it, it just not if every part of her has been cybernetically replaced i guess no that's true yeah um but no i think that's a sound theory for that to be her it'd be interesting at least. we because have just... no idea what she looked like before she was enhanced <laughs> yeah and not to mention like Another thing too is that like they put so much importance on a daughter. That's the reason why I like it. I don't believe this theory. Yeah. But I like it. It would surprise it? me. It would surprise me if it would be in the movie. I wouldn't bet on it at least. Maybe I would believe it, but I wouldn't bet on it. 
It's a honest, risky bet. I'll, I'll be honest. I feel like this happened on our last episode too, so I apologize. This is very close to the, the main theory that I already had. So I am actually willing to bet on this. You're willing to bet on this? I am willing to bet that Nebula is his daughter. No, 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 no. Nebula is the girl in that. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. is Talos' daughter. Because we already daughter. know it's Talos' daughter. We yeah, know it's, okay. I'm willing to bet that they are one and the same. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> it could be. So I'm sorry that I'm, like, hijacking your theory No, again. no, it's not my theory. It's not my theory. It's someone else's theory, but if you want to bet on it, that's fine. I'm willing to but bet on that, yeah. That's pretty much a stretch. That's going to be a lot of a stretch. No, but you're right. They did put a bit of significance on her that almost, like, it, it didn't make sense to include that in there. It is a lot of significance for what should have been, like, a quick scene. Of yeah. all the things to cut, they didn't cut that. Yeah. So. And, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm starting, I, I can get behind that. Okay. I can get behind that. How about, how about you? Any theories that you found that were of note? Of interest, any Reddit theories? I'm stalling because she has to pull out her phone because she wasn't ready because she decided to go on Instagram right before this. You know I'm gonna cut that out. No, I'm, not, I'm the one editing. This is staying in. This is absolutely staying. <laughs> Listeners, hello. I love you and I want you to hear this part. He's a liar. Wow. <laughs> so I did come across, I did come across a theory about Fury's eye. Uh, because a lot of people were underwhelmed, including myself, about what happened with his eye. Okay. But there could be a few, not reasons. I think that, you know what, let me, why don't I just start with the person who came up with this theory and then I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and read it. <laughs> okay. So this is on Reddit. It's by user Piroshin. I'll link to the description, of course. So his theory essentially was that Goose scratched Fury's eye not to hurt him, but to give him the ability to see through scroll transformations. Because we know that Goose can tell who's a scroll and who's not. Okay. That was demonstrated in Captain Marvel. Right. So, and and otherwise, Goose has been pretty friendly to Fury. And scrolls, but yeah. Yeah, no, but to Fury specifically because he scratched him. Otherwise, he's been very friendly to him, and Fury still has him as a pet, mm-hmm. essentially. So it is kind of weird for him to scratch him just suddenly and then like never be angry at him again. It could be a it could be a scrolls invasion super old plotline now might be brought up later on for Phase Four or Five. So that might be true. So we're... well, why don't I? Let me continue, because there, there's some evidence that Peroshin oh. kind of added on here. So, let's see. So, it, w- number one is what I said. Goose hurting Nick Fury is out of character, because for the rest of the movie, Goose was protecting him and never tries to hurt him again. Okay. Fury keeps Goose as a pet, suggesting that he knows the Florkin wasn't trying to hurt him. Okay. And then, Fury also had his pick of any prosthetic eyes that he wanted, but he kept his damaged eye, even though he kept it covered at all times. So it could suggest that that damaged eye has a greater use. That's a stretch of a theory. I like it. Mm-hmm. But that's a stretch. I can only see him be more relevant if we go into a Skrull's secret invasion uh, plotline. Can I also add that maybe there's a reason that Skrulls are afraid of Flurkins? 
And maybe that prime... Cree. What? Cree. Cree. The bad Is guys it are Cree? Cree. I thought scrolls were, were scared of them too. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they right, both were. Right. And maybe the reason why scrolls are scared of Flerkin is oh, because they know them. they know they can be detected by them. That's true. That's true. So it, it holds some water. This is this is not my main theory, it's, obviously. It's but, a stretch. But I think it could happen. It's a stretch. <laughs> so, Peroshin, good job. I, I I stand behind that theory, too. I like your theory. Good job. <laughs> good job. <laughs> High five, friend. <laughs> All right. I think it's to this point that uh, we talk about our theories, our stakes, our speculation. Here is my, my theory of what's going to happen. Okay. Scott Lang, Ant-Man, is going to tell him about the multi-universe. Wait, what? Scott Lang. Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Okay. Is going to tell Thanos? No. The, why would he tell Thanos? I don't know. Sorry. Please repeat yourself. Was going to tell the crew at Earth uh, that there's multi-universes. Okay. Starting off and kicking off the multi-universe uh, kind of like setting. Because we got cosmic, we have magic, we have science. There's only one way to go from here. And that's going multi-universe, which is true. Physics. Physics. <laughs> the second thing is, uh, I want to point out, is Captain Marvel is almost definitely going to be hit by the Infinity Stone's energy. Because one of the things she can do is absorb energy and hit it back. And Captain Marvel, the more energy blast she took, the stronger she became. There's no reason why she should be blown in half. She just took hits after hits. When it, these, these same Kree shifts, by the way blew up other ships in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, people normally can't just take that energy. Mm-hmm. But she absorbed him. And the more she absorbed him, look what happened. The stronger she got. She was body slamming the ship. She was, like, destroying them left and right. And then kind of intimidated Ronan the Accuser. Like, this big, like, white flash sort of thing. Yeah. That, to me, shows that, like, yes, she has room absorption. And she could throw it back. Secondly, that's going to be used in Infinity War. Or Endgame. Where Thanos is going to hit her with all five Infinity Stones. And they're going to revert that reality at some point with that energy. Maybe she has to put it in something else or something. But that concept is what's going to basically save the whole thing. Okay. Because if that was not true, they would have put Captain Marvel before Infinity War. And put her in the movie in the first place. But she did not Mm. show up until the second part. Remember... This goes back to my original theory about how everything has to be time synced. Like, what's his name? Doctor Strange had everything set down to the very second yeah. to have Scott Lang go to uh, the Quantum Realm to have uh, Nick Fury be one of the people who get poofed. Because mm-hmm. remember, every second they like something changes, like maybe someone else gets poofed instead of this person. No, he needed this specific person, this specific set of people, this guy to go to the Quantum Realm, and this woman to come back from whatever galaxy, using the beeper that Nick Fury had. Hmm. I disagree with that. Well. I think that goes against my theory. It does a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> I, it goes against my theory because, man, and this never happens with us. We never have, like, directly competing theories. We had a so, once. I think once, yeah. So one of us is going to win and one of us is going to lose, which oh, yeah. doesn't happen. Oh, often. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of 90s memes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so my theory, along with uh, Nebula being that little girl, mm-hmm. Talos's little girl, um, I do think she's going to play a bigger part in taking down Thanos because, honestly, 
Captain Marvel is, she's OP. <laughs> she's so OP. Like, she, it, it wouldn't make for an interesting movie if she, like, killed Thanos with one hand tied behind her back. Like, it's just, it wouldn't make for a good story. No, no, I'm not saying that, but by theory, by the way. I'm okay. not saying she beats Thanos with one hand behind her back. She's well, gonna... not literally, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like... yeah, yeah. But, like, I don't think she's gonna, like, redirect the kill Thanos so on and so forth. I think the specific point of her gaining that energy and putting it in something else that reverts reality and mm. destroys the 50 stones or whatever, scatter them once more. But in any case, I don't think she's going to like just outright kill Thanos or something like that. She's only as strong as the energy that's put into her. Remember that. True. Only as strong. But go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. No, well, I think what it is is that essentially you're saying that Captain Marvel's going to be the, the solution and I, I don't think she's... Part, part of the solution. Maybe part of the solution. I think Nebula is going to be the solution. I don't know how. Nebula right now is just kind of... She was obviously Gamora's sister, but Gamora dying was such a big, pivotal point. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Everyone else seems to have these important parts to play. But Nebula, for some reason... She's shrouded in mystery at this point. She, I mean, she did crash land a ship on Thanos in the first one. On what? On Thanos? Yeah, on Titan. Remember how the Garden of the Galaxy? Oh, yeah, was, she did, yeah. She crashed a ship into him. <laughs> no, at first I thought you meant, like, on the planet. I'm like, Thanos is not the name of the planet. <laughs> <laughs> well, from her perspective, kind of is. <laughs> no, 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 now you're arriving right. on Thanos. <laughs> Oh, what part? His chest. <laughs> There's free parking. <laughs> no, no, no. You're right. You are absolutely right. Although that didn't do a whole lot, <laughs> clearly. No, it but did not. like, actually, I want to point out, like, if there's anyone, anyone who fit that uh, description, it would be Thor. Thor made a god-killing weapon with a stormbreaker, and he nearly actually succeeded if he had aimed for the head. I just feel like, and this is very like Shakespearean. But like I the, love Shakespeare. <laughs> the person to take down the 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 one at the top is likely to be like the heir, quote unquote, or like the son or the daughter. You know, the offspring usually takes down the king. And so on and so forth, yeah. So I I think that's very likely to happen. It might be a little cliche. And we know the Russo brothers are really good at doing twists, so it's very likely. What's a twist? <laughs> yeah. They're obviously saving, they're saving a lot of the important stuff in the trailers. They're not showing at all in the trailers, I mean. Yeah. They're yeah. only showing, like, very specific parts and obviously in the beginning of the movie sort of parts. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is that I, I think Nebula is going to be the the be-all, end-all when it comes to you taking down so? Thanos. Yeah. Mm. I, don't get me wrong. Captain Marvel's going to play a part. Ant-Man's going to play a part. You can but... say the same thing about Thor. Oh, not Thor. Uh, Hulk. Hulk, who was barely useful in anything. Nah. Got beat up by Thanos, beat, like <laughs> beat the crap out of by Thanos, and then like he didn't even show up in the last battle. The Bruce Banner was the one uh, Thor breaker or uh, what's it called Hulkbuster. I think suit. Hulk might have a chance to redeem himself and like because he was scared in the last movie, like he didn't do anything. So I think he's gonna have a redeeming moment, mm-hmm. but I don't think he's gonna really make that much of a difference. Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. All right, so my, my, let's make it very clear. That way it's easy for me to look back on this. <laughs> so I don't dig through like audios and audio. 
My theory is going to be specifically that Captain Marvel is going to take the energy of the Infinity Stones, put it into something else, like a quantum something. Oh, I'm, I'm, that's my bet. I'll make it specific. It's a quantum something. Or something quantum that... juice, perhaps? <laughs> Get it now on Route 55. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> they're going to do something with it, something, some device that has quantum that rewrites everything in the final battle. Okay. That's my theory. That's very specific. That's very specific, <laughs> but that's my theory. Uh, and who else to do it in Ant-Man? But digressing, what is your bet? My bet is that Talos' daughter is Nebula mm-hmm. and that Nebula is going to deal the final blow when it comes to taking down Thanos. Okay, be specific on the final blow. I, I don't know what it could be. Is it like a physical hit? Because, okay, here's a scenario where both of us write, right? Mm. He has to be sitting on this one device before it gets activated. Nebula knocks him into it, and then Captain Marvel powers it. Does that mean we're both right? Yeah. Okay. Why not? We could both be right on something. Uh, okay, but it's a physical hit then from Nebula. Uh... It could be like, you've been a shitty father, and he's like... <gasps> Daughter, and he falls back on it. No, 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 no. I don't want any of that crap. Okay. Uh. It's got to be a directed hit, not this verbal crap. Okay. Just saying. Okay. I'm just saying. All right. He verbally destroys him. What's uh? What are um? What are our stakes? What are what are our stakes? I don't know. No, my I know what my stakes. Are what what be. are your stakes? I need you to buy me an Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. I was gonna ask you. To buy me like jewelry that had every, every single Infinity Stone. This but is gonna like, be the most like materialistic fucking yeah. set so far. But that's <laughs> but what it, I want. It has to be a single piece of jewelry for each stone. No, <laughs> no, no, son. That's gonna be expensive. <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be expensive jewelry. Okay. It could be costume jewelry. Okay. I don't care. Okay. That's our that's our bets then. I get the gauntlet or you get the stones. <laughs> See what we did there, guys? We're Marvel nerds. <laughs> also, it's just a great way to get my fiance to buy me jewelry. <laughs> oh my god. You're doing nothing for stereotypes for women. <laughs> Which is ironic. <laughs> Alright, guys. Uh next episode we will be doing the Umbrella Academy. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm excited for this one. Yeah, it, it I mean we haven't finished it yet. No. Uh, we're still getting through it, but we're digging it. It's basically like a better X-Men. Fight me. <laughs> Fight me, X-Men nerds. <laughs> well, I'm excited for it because I've been hearing some phenomenal things about it. Mm-hmm. And so far, I really love uh, the soundtrack and how their... The use of music is phenomenal. The, yeah, their usage of the music is really impressive. Mm-hmm. It's not just thrown in there like with most movies. Like It's, it's really intentional how they use music. Um, but again, we have to see the show a little bit more. I gotta be honest, I'm only, I've only finished the first episode and I think I'm halfway through the second. Uh, I would say one fourth to the second episode, but yeah. Yeah, I'm still kind of early into the second episode and it hasn't hooked me just yet. So I think that's why I hadn't finished it just yet. I'm not feeling the hook yet, but it's, it's kind of hooking me a little bit, so. Hook me harder, Umbrella Academy. (laughs) Hook me harder. But yeah, we're gonna do our next episode on Umbrella Academy. Can't wait. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. And with that, we'll have to leave you uh, into this world that is not the 90s, that is not Captain Marvel, but it is a success- successful Captain Marvel movie. Does that make sense? No? Aww. Okay, well, either case, I'm leaving you guys. Until <laughs> we'll s- then. We'll see you in two weeks. 
Be good. Be faster, higher, and further. Bye. Mostly higher, though. <laughs> <laughs>